This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Everybody to the Orange and Brown Report. It is your Wednesday, July 15th edition. We are coming at you with another exciting redraft episode here on the uh, Orange and Brown Report podcast. We're excited about it. If you missed the first one we did yesterday with Barry McBride, make sure you go back and check it out. It was a lot of fun. We introduced the rules. I will talk about those again as we start this whole thing, and then we will welcome in beat writer Fred Greetham to get his mind off the daily grind and talk about past Browns failures, as we all love to do, and torture ourselves, but also look at our hindsight 2020 and see who the Browns could have had if they would have selected the best player available at each pick, right? Um, just kind of a fun exercise. So, uh, reminding, you can pick, we're kind of going to do loosely the first four picks the Browns make in the draft, and then, you know, the rule is pretty simple. If, if your pick is up, you can pick anyone who's on the board at that point. This isn't like other redraft podcasts where they kind of reorganize and every team repicks. This is just the Browns repicking based on who was available at the time that they were up to pick. So if you have pick 1.1, you could take anyone in the draft. We did that with the 1999 draft, and instead of Tim Couch, took Donovan McNabb, um, a, a nice, fun wide receiver in the second round, a good pass rusher from an AFC North division rival, um, and then a couple other pieces that Barry and I went through that would added to uh, – couple sides of the offensive and defensive line I think would have helped. So go back and listen to that one. It was a fun conversation. We're going to welcome in Fred Greetham. Fred, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Jake. And I was through that. I was just like I am now, sitting out there watching what was going on every day. So this should be uh, great revisionist history. <laughs> yes, of course. And and uh, so 2000 comes around. The Browns go 2-14 and 14 in 1999. We all know the struggles. Tim Couch wasn't supposed to play. He plays the second, or he might even did he did he play in the opener? Did they put him in? I can't I cannot quite remember. They they played him pretty quick. If it wasn't the end of the opener, it was game two. Was it game two? Yeah, they actually uh, put him in. They got beat four to three to nothing, and Ty Detmer who was promised to play the first eight games, regardless, got to start and play one half, <laughs> and. Uh, I was pretty good friends with Ty Detmer. We went hunting a lot, and, uh, you know, he wasn't happy about that at all. He had, he had a no-trade clause, and he waived it because Dwight Clark, um, what, you know, promised him that he would start at least the first half of the season. I did not know that. That's the kind of anecdotes you only get from Fred. That's great stuff. I did not know that. 
speaks to the failures of the organization early on. They started couch. Couch gets crushed. They somehow sneak out two games, which is all the more amazing when you consider that they went over in 2017, neither here nor there. But they did have the first pick again in 2000. So if you look back on the Browns' 2000 draft, this would be the draft that they take Courtney Brown first overall. Um, you know, Courtney Brown, pretty relatively successful career uh, if he didn't have the injury issues. I think the guy was a stud, but the injury issues sort of derailed his career. You go Dennis Northcutt in round two, Jawan Dawson, and the first pick of round three, Travis Prentice, the running back, and the second pick of round three, Aaron Shea, the tight end out of Michigan in round four. Second pick of round four is Lewis Sanders from Maryland, the defensive back. Lamar Chapman in the fifth round, pick 146, a defensive back. Um, also from Kansas State, Anthony uh, Malbro, Texas Tech. I'm kind of going down. The, the famous Spurgeon win is taken in uh, the sixth round. We're going we're gonna to talk about Spurgeon win here in just a minute. The first Browns offensive lineman drafted. They did not draft a single offensive lineman in 1999. Then they finally decided to draft an offensive lineman at the tackle position in the sixth round, pick 206 in Brad Bedell. Who, uh, who played one uh, couple decent seasons. He had 40 total games in the league, and then we'll spare you on the picks in the seventh round. So this draft highlighted, obviously, by Courtney Brown, highlighted by Dennis Northcutt. Outside of those two, um, the only player who lasted, so Northcutt played 144 games in the league. Louis Sanders, the defensive back out of Maryland, the, the uh, fourth-round pick, pick 95, played 97. Aaron Shea, Played nine, sorry, played 65 games in the league, and then Courtney Brown played 61. Um, yeah, not not much to speak of with this class. I mean, the only player that I think most people will remember from this class who did anything uh, that felt like prolonged was Dennis Northcutt, and um, you know he had a he had a pretty good career: 400 receptions, 4,941 yards, and 18 touchdowns. Um, yeah, I mean, anything you you specifically remember about this draft, Fred, that that stands out as we as we look back at it? Well, I mean, I'll get to kind of what stands out, but but as far as Courtney Brown, Larry Johnson, who's the associate head coach with the Buckeyes now, he was the guru on the defensive lineman with Penn State, and I remember talking to him and. You know, Courtney Brown was kind of like a Miles Garrett, and I didn't fault that pick at all. You know, obviously the injuries and so forth, but everybody thought he was going to be a dominant force, and we saw it once or twice, but injuries really caught up with him. But that's the thing I remember most about it. It seemed like Dennis Northcutt, there was other receivers being talked about it, and he was kind of a surprise. Everybody's like, why did you take basically a punt returner with a 30-second pick. And, like, he ended up, I looked at the other receivers, and he was probably as good, if not better, than the other ones that were in that draft, you know, when you look back at their careers. But, no, that's the, you know, you look back at it, and a lot of these names you don't even remember. Remember Rashidi Barnes was the last pick. You know, <laughs> they had 13 picks. And you really had not much to show for it. Yeah, so the so the big um, the big names from this class: Brian Urlacher, obviously a Hall of Famer. Uh, we will get to the quarterback of, of of selection here in just a minute. Tom Brady is in this draft. 
John Abraham is in this draft, two-time first-team All-Pro. Shane Leckler, the punter, who lasted a good while for the Raiders um, in this draft. Jamal Lewis, the running back, Sean Alexander, among many others. Julian Peterson, who's a nice defensive end for a long time, five Pro Bowls. If you look at the Pro Bowl listing, uh, you get a pretty good feel. LeVar Aaron, this was the draft that the, the, the Redskins, after we talked about this yesterday, where the Redskins made that deal to give up two spots in the draft and pretty much took the Saints' entire draft. So they had picks two and three, and they drafted uh, LeVar Arrington and Chris Samuels, who was a very good tackle for them for a while, who I considered because the Browns just ignored the offensive line in these first two drafts back in the NFL. Um, but other names of note, Sebastian Janikowski was a first-round pick and has had a heck of a career considering uh, where he was drafted and the, and the scrutiny that came with that. Bubba Frank's nice tight end was in this draft. Uh, really first round heavy from a production standpoint. So when I was looking for guys in our second, third round, I was kind of like, eh, can I, can I, can I get anybody that's that great? So I have, I have five players written down here. I think you have three. We'll go through them. I'll just throw my last two out at the end. But um, I think the system that we have set up here, Fred, which is you can take a player when they're still on the board based on your pick. I think you got to kind of throw it out the window in the first pick. 1.1, if this is redrafted, will no matter what be Tom Brady. That's who I have. Who do you have? Well, absolutely. He only went up, moved up from 199th to number one. <laughs> he moved up 198 spots. And uh, obviously, revisionist history. But look at that. Sprinkin' win with the Browns, you know, finally addressed quarterback. You know, they thought that with Tim Couch, but in the sixth round, they decided to go for a quarterback. It took Spurgeon win 183. Yeah. And you know who's taking it 168? Mark Bulger. Yeah. He would have been a much better pick, even if they were going to go for quarterback. But, yeah, Tom Brady's got to be the number one pick. Um, the guys being considered back then, Brian Erlacher, Sean Alexander, I still think Courtney Brown was a pretty good pick. You know, at that time, but Tom Brady's going to be my number one first round pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the guy's going to be probably goes <laughs> down as the best to ever do it at the position, or, or or the best football player ever, and still playing. And I don't need to say any more about him. Other quarterback, you mentioned Mark Bolger. The only other quarterback who really had much success in the league was Chad Pennington, who was also a first round pick, pick 18 to the Jets. Old Marshall fell, if you remember that. Um, Okay, so we're settled on 1.1, so now we get to pick 2.1, which is I think we might be different on these next two picks. So go ahead with your first pick in the second round. I'm going to stick with Dennis Northcutt. I love Jerry Porter. You know, had a pretty good career, but I still think Northcutt had a better career. And, you know, and and looking at, you know, the guys that were available then, um, that's who I I would say that. The Browns were okay with that pick. Yeah, I dig it. That's not. I, there's no. You know, you don't have to give up Northcutt there. I think he had a pretty successful career with the Browns, and then uh, after he left Cleveland, he went on to have a little stint with uh, with Jacksonville. But he played. You know, he played his tw- age 23 through his age 29 season with Cleveland, and played uh, a good majority of the games each season, and had the bulk of his success in his career came in Cleveland. He had, like I said, a couple good Jacksonville years, but. You know, his success and his time, his best season was 2004 when he went for 806 yards and two touchdowns. So no one's going to fault anyone for keeping Northcutt there. Um, ends up being a pretty good player for Cleveland considering nice pairing with Kevin Johnson too. Those two are fun to start the career. I went with Mike Brown, who was a safety out of Chicago. 
Uh, he was actually out of Nebraska, was drafted by Chicago with a 39th pick um, overall. Uh, he played seven seasons as a full starter, was a first-team All-Pro one season, and a uh, Pro Bowl selection as well in that same year. Uh, 510 total tackles, 20 career picks, uh, which is right up there with the best in the class. Actually, f- fifth in the class, only trailing you know Erlocker, who played forever, but otherwise it's just a bunch of corners. He actually threw in seven tackles, or sorry, seven sacks as well. So if I can get a safety who has, is a first-team All-Pro guy and uh, can be a Pro Bowl guy, the Browns need some sort of secondary help as they had you know, just taken uh, McCutcheon the year before. So I, I, I think the safety there, and then I went wide receiver a little bit later. So who did you take in round three? Robo Smith. Um, he was a pretty good defensive lineman for the Titans. And a uh, big, big boy, and he didn't go till 87th pick overall. And so, you know, that's that's who. He had a pretty good career. I don't have all the stats. I just, he popped out, you know, as far as name there. I dig it. I went with uh, Lavernius Cole. So uh, Lavernius was, uh, let me see here, the third round, 78th pick. The Browns at the first pick in there. Uh, third round went with Travis Prentice, who played 30 career games, 529 career yards, nine touchdowns. Very underwhelming football player. Could have had Lavernius Coles, who had uh, 49 receiving touchdowns. I think he only trailed in this class uh, Plaxico Burris. Uh, yeah, Plaxico Burris went eighth to Pittsburgh. He only trailed him in touchdown um, catches. Actually, he trailed Darrell Jackson, who had a sneaky good career in terms of uh, touchdowns, but uh, Coles actually had the most receiving yards and the most catches in this class. He had uh, nine seasons as a pretty consistent starter and a Pro Bowl mixed in there as well, one of the few wide receivers with a with a Pro Bowl mixed in there. So I went with Coles uh, instead of Northcutt and got him a little bit later. Did you have anybody else that you selected on your list, or do you want me to share my last two? Yeah, I have a guy that uh, had a pretty good year with the Browns, Ruben Drones running back he went 81st overall and uh you know and i had him they took travis prentice in the running back but but drones was a guy that you know was still there in the third round and i think he had a better career with denver and then he had over a thousand yards for the browns yeah i think the browns took Jawan dawson the wide receiver out of Tulane, who had 644 yards at this point um, I went with, I like that pick. Um, he actually circled back and came with Cleveland. I went with, um, this is a tricky name, Fred. I went with Kabir Kabaja Biamila, who is a fifth-round pick. Wow. Yeah, pick 149. He actually ended up as the second leading sack producer in the class behind only John Abraham, who was a first-round pick. Um you know, not a great career in terms of like a peak. He only had one Pro Bowl and five seasons as a starter, but that's pretty good production for a third round. Sec- your second pick in the third round to get 74 and a half sacks and a Pro Bowl out of that player, uh, 225 tackles. So I felt like, in considering all the spots you could take, that would be, to me, that would be um, probably the safest pick and a guy that you could get production from up front. And then if we're doing the fourth round, I picked uh, the only other I, – I thought we could use a linebacker at that point. So I took uh, a player who was picked in the sixth round. We're talking about sixth-round guys moving up. Dahani Jones. I don't know if that name rings a bell. He's out of Michigan. He's a heck of a player from Michigan, but he was a sixth-round pick in this draft for the Giants. He had the third-most tackles 
in the uh, in the class was 632. So we could have rewrote history here, Fred. We could have taken Tom Brady. Could have even stuck with North. Actually, wouldn't none of this would have mattered if we had just taken Tom Brady, right? Well, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and you think about that, even with the Browns, though, shame on them for not taking any offensive linemen. You draft Tim Couch number one overall, and you don't get anybody to protect him other than some guys from the bottom of the roster from other teams in the supplemental draft, and you expect, you know, it's like buying a Mercedes and parking it under the salt mines, and, you know, he just got beat beat to a pulp, you know, and early in his career, and I, I'm one of, maybe one of the few that thought he would have been a pretty good quarterback if he wasn't with an expansion team, so I don't know. Tom Brady's career might have been a lot different if he would have been picked by the Browns. With that line, no, God, yeah. I mean, you, you, you certainly, you know, you know, you miss the pairing, and that's what we talked about yesterday. Is like with with McNabb, and you, you would take McNabb because he may have had the opportunity to to use his feet a little bit more, right? A guy who could at least run away from all of the pressure that was created from terrible offensive lines. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brady's a sitting duck too, so it certainly could have been a completely different career unless he came in and kind of got the football out really fast. I. I think it's always it's always a lot of shoulda coulda woulda with these things, or it would look like this. So it's it's just kind of fun to to certainly just look at what the player that we know they are today. If they stuck in an orange and brown uniform, maybe they would have gotten the same thing out of them. But yeah, it would have been it would have still been dicey considering how little they invested in the offensive line. It's uh <laughs> it's pretty bad, and I and I don't I don't think in any world Tom Brady would have been the same quarterback coming to Cleveland. But it is fun to think. He could have been in Cleveland, and they could have had his coach all along too. Maybe have gotten him back, but neither here nor there. Fred, this was a heck of a lot of fun, man. I wanna I wanna thank you for uh, for for jumping on and doing this and, and taking the time to research it. And I hope you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I, uh, it's always fun to kind of look back at what could have been. And uh, thanks for having me. No problem, Fred. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We will be back with Jared Mueller tomorrow uh, for the 2001 draft, which gets even more fun with names in that draft class. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I, I always love to, to see banter or what you guys think of, of who they could have selected or if we made the right or wrong pick, so let us know. Make sure you're subscribing to the iTunes channel. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel where we just had a Greedy Williams film room go up. Um, and I know Fred will be putting out a little bit more on the safety battle tomorrow, so keep your eyes out for that as we approach training camp. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, go Browns. <laughs>